continuing the 2010 candidate series today by speaking with David Poitras, who served as labor commissioner from 1993 to 1998. He's, he was the adjutant general of the Georgia National Guard, and he is currently a candidate in the Democratic primary for governor of Georgia. Uh, David, thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks, Jason. Great to be with you. And you are my first Democratic candidate. <laughs> I've been trying to get a few of you guys, and you guys seem scared to come on and talk to me. <laughs> Glad to be here. Glad well, to be here. Um, what are your feelings on the current state of Georgia? Well, I, we've got some great challenges ahead of us. We've got some great opportunities. I mean, Georgia's still a great place to live. Uh, we've got some great strengths that we need to play to uh, in terms of economic development and in terms of getting the economy back on track. Uh, clearly, we've got big challenges. Transportation, water, and education, of course, the ones on everybody's mind. And, of course, jobs, just getting jobs uh, back in the state and getting Main Street hiring again. Now, would you agree that the budget cuts in the last couple sessions were so tough because spending had grown at such an unsustainable pace? Uh, I, well, in part, I would agree with that. Uh, certainly, there were draconian cuts. Uh, I think in large measure they were driven by the economy. Uh, beyond the control of anybody, uh, certainly in the state of Georgia, uh, I can tell you, I think uh, we have gotten way off track in some of our expenditures, uh, particularly special interest expenditures and in terms of special interest tax breaks. Mm-hmm. So and, is that one area you would like to see Georgia maybe, maybe you know, just eliminate all the special interest tax tax breaks? Yeah, and, and of course, what's, what's special interest to somebody is not special interest to somebody else. I mean, there's a, these are obviously uh, policy questions. Some are more obvious than others. Uh, the fish pond, of course, has become kind of a poster child for, for bad judgment. Uh, some of these roads, and there's more than one that have been paved to private property uh, at taxpayer expense, clearly just wrong. I mean, just unethical, a bad expenditure of public money. Uh, some of the others are not are not so you know not quite so obvious. Uh, tax cuts, in particular, <clears throat> often are are sold as economic development uh, tools, and if they work, then that's okay. That's a political judgment that the General Assembly and the governor can make together. <clears throat> but uh, I think a lot of times we don't really study out whether or not they actually work, and we wind up giving tax breaks to people that don't really deserve them and and without any, any corresponding benefit to the taxpayer. Um. Obviously, the water issue, the water wars between Georgia, uh, Tennessee, Alabama, and even Florida in some respects has been has, has dominated some parts of state politics for the last couple of years. Do you have any thoughts on that particular issue, and do you even have a fix maybe for that particular issue? Uh, I wish I, I wish I did have a fix, and frankly, uh, there, I don't think there is one. Uh, the The bottom line is whatever uh, resolution is. Uh, achieved is going to have to be by agreement. Uh, I, I just don't think it's very likely that we're going to sue anybody and win. Uh, and I don't. I just don't think we're going to solve it in the courts. I think we're going to have to solve it as a as a small p political matter. You know that is a negotiated resolution between Florida and Georgia and Tennessee. Uh, transportation is going to be a major issue for the next governor of Georgia. Where do you feel the focus should be for the Georgia, Georgia Department of Transportation and the state legislature? Uh, well, the first thing we need is a, is a no-kidding 
strategic transportation plan for the state, and we don't have one. Uh, we've got a big, thick document that's called the state strategic plan. Uh, I think if uh, you or anybody else listening actually looked at that document, you would not call it a plan. It's a list of discrete projects that get plucked off essentially by political uh, uh, priorities and funded and built and uh, you know commissioner so-and-so gets a bypass and somebody else gets a bridge and that kind of thing. Uh, we, we don't have a strategic plan that looks out <clears throat> 40, 50, 60 years uh, and what we want the, the future of Georgia to look like. Uh, that plan must include passenger rail and we need to get started on that immediately. Uh, the rest of the country understands that. The rest of the country has already made those commitments and those plans. We are way, way behind on that, and we've got to get busy. We need a rail system, a passenger rail system that connects every sizable community uh, in Georgia with every other sizable community and ultimately to a national high-speed rail system. Well, the critics would say that that you know that you're only really helping out about you know one percent, maybe even less than one percent of commuters. I mean, how do you respond to that? Well, I don't think that's borne out. <clears throat> excuse me, uh, for a couple of reasons. One is, uh, you, I don't know how you can say one percent if there's no system there. I mean, who knows how many people would take it? And as a as a matter of cultural development, we have uh, made ourselves absolutely dependent on the automobile. And in some parts of the country, like out west, uh, that makes sense. But when you get into a crowded urban area like Los Angeles, New York, uh, Beijing, Paris, London, uh, any big city uh, on the planet has a light rail system to move people around. And I think North Georgia, and I don't, I'm not just talking about just the city of Atlanta, I'm talking about all of North Georgia, has reached that point. We've got to have a light rail system that people can get around on uh, and, and get out of single passenger automobiles. Uh, so I take it you would support a new tax to fund transportation projects, similar to one, I guess, the one that was passed during the last session of the legislature. Well, I'll tell you, I, this Rube Goldberg thing they passed this year, I, at least, excuse me, at least they understand that we have got to make some investments in in transportation. Uh, I have a lot of doubts about whether that plan that they came up with is going to work. Uh, it creates, uh, I mean, it, it would take hours to explain how it is uh, supposed to work, but it comes up with 12 special tax districts which are these sort of just ad hoc collections of cities and counties and they all have to agree uh, to impose their tax and then it goes to a referendum, And but if one city objects or a county objects, they get to, to opt out and everybody has their own plan and it's, it's, I, I just don't think it's going to work, Jason, and uh, I think we're going to have to bite the bullet and say, look, we have to have a statewide plan that works, and then we've got to figure out a way to pay for it. I don't, I don't necessarily favor any tax increase. Uh, in fact, part of what I talk about when I talk about economic development is we need to make the tax system we've got work. I mean, the fact is we leave uncollected on the table every year hundreds of millions of dollars sales tax, income tax, motor fuel tax, uh, if we had an efficient, fair tax revenue department, uh, we could go a long way to balancing the budget without even having to talk about a tax increase. Now, your campaign has said that you have the most experience necessary to lead Georgia. Why, with a former governor, governor in the Democratic field, do you think you're the most experienced? 
Well, it's well because my experiences have been successful. <laughs> I mean, Governor Barnes, he, he was indeed governor, but I don't think uh, many people would argue that it was successful. Uh, he lost his reelect. Uh, he polarized the state. Uh, he had a had a very divisive uh, style of leadership, made everybody mad. Uh, that's not good leadership. Uh, he is a smart guy. He's a, he understands the technicalities of government, but that's not what leadership is about. Uh, my whole career has been a series of turnarounds. I didn't plan it that way, but I turned around the uh, the office of the Secretary of State. I turned around the Revenue Department at a very early age. I turned around the Labor Department, and when I was the Commanding General of the National Guard, uh, we had 9-11 very early in my tenure, and I had to fundamentally change that organization uh, almost overnight. So. I've had a series of successful executive experiences, and I don't think Governor Barnes can say that. You've also talked about restoring some of the, the cuts to education, ending furloughs, as well as working on solving uh, transportation and water problems, which we've already touched on. Uh, how, how are you going to accomplish this without drastic tax hikes? Well, two, two ways. One is, uh, I mentioned a minute ago, and that is to make our tax collection system more efficient and more fair and collect the tax that's due, much of which is due from out-of-state companies. Most of it is due from out-of-state companies. So we're not talking about beating up our own people. We're talking about money that's due to us from folks in California and New York and whatever. Uh, and, and then second, uh, and I will say that the General Assembly uh, has actually signed up to this as well, we need to reevaluate and re design our entire tax system in the state. Uh, the General Assembly this session uh, did pass a resolution creating a tax study commission. Uh, I don't disagree with that, and uh, I, the, some parts of it I disagree with, but, but basically they, they understand and I agree that our, our tax system has not had a, a thorough overhaul, a thorough checkup and, and shakedown for probably 50 years, and it's time we did it in 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 the light of the, the 21st century. You know, mm -hmm. things have changed a lot in the last 30, 40 years in terms of how business operates, and we need to take that into account in our tax system. Now, what what do you suggest doing to to fix education in Georgia? Because we we consistently rank near the bottom. Uh, you know, uh, you've mentioned, and, and a lot of other candidates have mentioned the the perceived cuts to education. Uh, what, what do you suggest? What is your platform on education? Well, there, there are really two, two pieces to it. Uh, the first thing we have to recognize is that teachers are not the problem. Uh, the, the No Child Left Behind legislation, which was a, and still is a, a massive federal uh, invasion, so to say, of, of public education in this country, is premised on the idea that teachers are the problem. The whole the whole thing is uh, we're going to punish teachers financially and school systems financially unless kids make a certain score on on these tests. Well, the the obvious premise of that is it's teach it's the teacher's fault, and if the teacher would just behave and do right, uh, the kid would you know all the kids would be geniuses. Well, that is simply not true. I don't think if you think that through, I don't see how anybody could could sign up to that. My mother was a public school teacher, and, and I just know better. Uh, we have a leadership problem. Uh, we, we have some management problems. 
but but teachers themselves are not the problem, and, and beating up teachers is just not the answer. Um, the other thing, the second thing that I am absolutely committed to, Jason, is this, and that is committing the state of Georgia educationally to educational technology. Now, a lot of our counties, not a lot, but several of our counties have done that. Gwinnett, Chatham, and others, Cobb, have come out of pocket, so to say, the money to put put top-quality educational technology in the classroom, but not all. And the state needs to step up to that because that is the future of education. That's the world that uh, kids live in, and that's the world they're going to live in the rest of their lives. And unless we speak to them in a language that they understand, in a in a medium that they understand, they're not going to pay attention, and they're not going to they're not going to learn what they have to learn to be successful. And that really is the goal of education: is to make kids successful in the real world. Healthcare is is going to be a huge issue. It's been a huge issue at the national level, national level, and, it, and Republicans do plan on running on healthcare coming into November. Um, the, the, the health care bill passed at the national level this past March is going to expand Medicaid and it's going to result in a huge budget shortfall for Georgia. How do you address that? Well, the and I'm not I'm not completely sure that that is in fact the case. Uh, you you hear conflicting analyses of that. Clearly, the bill does expand coverage. Uh, my understanding is it also uh, increases the federal match from. I think 60% to 90% for a period of four or five years, and then supposedly there's some other economies that kick in uh, later on. So uh, I'm, I'm not sure I would say it's a foregone conclusion that there's going to be uh, that big a that big a hole. Uh, clearly, though, uh, the state is a a participant in the Medicaid program at some level, some percentage of participation, uh, and that's. You know, that's just one of the things we signed up to as a state and one of the things that we'll have to fund if we're going to stay in the Medicaid program. Now, I can tell you, if that's not if that's optional with the state, you know, and, and there's a good bit of flexibility in those programs in terms of scope, scope of benefit and, and indeed scope of coverage. So it's not, it's not purely a matter of just coming up with the money. Mm-hmm. It's another opportunity for good leadership, I'd say. So a Governor Poitras would not uh, support a repeal of the national health care bill? I, I don't think so. Uh, you, not you, knew, you knew you were going to be asked that question going in. I know you knew that. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And, and I would say no. At this point, I would not. I think uh, the law has, has passed, and... I think uh, I think a lot of the rhetoric uh, about it was way overblown on both sides. Uh, I think we are now beginning to see what the law actually does, uh, and I think in, in, in it, in it, there's no question it does some things that are good for the American people. Eliminating pre-existing conditions, I think, is something that practically everybody with any uh, sense of of, uh, of of how insurance coverage should work would agree to. I mean, the, the, the economic impact of that, not just on, on the individual, but on the entire uh, uh, business structure of the country is very, very significant. So so that's just one example of, of parts of that bill that are not, I mean, it's not like every single thing about it is terrible. I think we need to give it some time, see how it works. Is it a, is it a work in progress? No question. Is it going to have to be changed? Absolutely. Uh, but but a, a, an outright repeal, I think, is is not only would I not support it, but I think it's completely out of the question politically. It just ain't going to happen. 
Polls show Roy Barnes with a large lead in the Democratic primary, some more than others, depending on the poll. But all show Roy well ahead of, uh, of you. Why are you still running when Roy is obviously well-funded for the primary campaign? Well, and there's no question that uh, Governor Barnes has more money than uh, the rest of us put together. Uh, I mean, he could write a check for more than the rest of us can put together. Uh, he has uh, extremely high name recognition. Uh, his, uh, his favorables are not that high. Uh, I have seen polls uh, showing him over 50%. Most of them show him well below 50%. Uh, that is a, a almost a deadly combination. Uh, a, 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 he is almost like an incumbent in a runoff. That is high name recognition, relatively low approval rating. That usually is a deadly combination. Uh, I think of, uh, the people of Georgia want a new kind of leadership. I think they're looking for a leader like me who leads, uh, who does not polarize, but who brings people together uh, and identifies the target and say, follow me, we're going to take that hill. Uh, we're going to build a transportation system that works. We're going to fix uh, education. Uh, we're going to have a fair system of, of taxation. Uh, I think people in Georgia are hungry for that kind of leadership, and that's what I bring. Well, what's the main difference between you and Roy Barnes? I, I think I ju what I just said, I think it's our style of leadership. Uh, I, I, Roy is a smart guy. I would, I would absolutely uh, never argue that, but he has proven to be a, a divisive, polarizing kind of figure, and that's, and I don't think that's changed. There's no reason to suppose that it has. Uh, and he, he made everybody mad. He made the teachers mad. He made the uh, law enforcement community mad. He made the real estate people mad. Uh, and you just, you can't lead like that. Uh, you can't be all things to all people in public life, and you've got to make some people are unhappy some of the time, but but when you make everybody mad all the time, that's probably not good leadership. Well, do you have any final thoughts for our listeners? Well, I, I, I do. Uh, basically, extending on from what we talked about a minute ago, I think uh, people in this state are looking for real leadership, new ideas, new imagination, and a leader that is absolutely committed to the people and whom they know they can trust. Uh, and that is why, Jason, I have made that jobs pledge. Uh, I've made this uh, solemn public promise in writing It's on my website. I will not take a salary as governor until I bring unemployment from where it is now, 10.5% to 7%. Uh, it, it's not so much about the money. It's about the people of Georgia knowing that the governor is on their side mm -hmm. and not up there trying to line his pockets or, or fund his retirement system but no kidding committed to the people of Georgia and their jobs and their economic welfare. And that's the kind of leadership I'll bring. Well, where can we find you on the web? Do you have a, you have a website? you have Facebook and I, Twitter? I do. All of the above. It's poitresforgovernor.com. It's P-O-Y-T-H-R-E-S-S, governor all spelled out, dot com. Well, David, thank you very much for joining me today. I appreciate it a lot. And uh, July 20th primary, Democratic primary, early voting begins when? Uh, in a couple of weeks, I believe. I'm the 17th of June. Okay. Uh, 7th, 7th of June, sorry. 7th, 7th of June. 7th. So it's right well, around the corner. It's right around the corner. I didn't realize it was that coming up that fast. Well, yeah, best, yeah. Of, best of luck to you. I wish well, thank you, Thank you, Jason. Always, always good to visit with you.